Hey there, and welcome to Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany Dixon. This is a place, a podcast place, where women are encouraged and inspired amongst other women who are just as busy or even busier. You know, our calendars are full. Our lives go at ridiculous speeds. It seems that each season, our assignment changes. The season of life changes. How do we respond to that in fullness and in joy? So this is a place to be equipped, inspired, and encouraged to remain anchored in the only ability to carry that assignment out well, which is in Jesus Christ. Friends, he is our hope. He is our ability to live life to its fullness. He promises us that. We get to live life to its fullness here, and we have hope for what is coming ahead in eternity. Luke 8, verses 4 through 8. As a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from every town, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the sky devoured it. Other seed fell on the rock. When it grew up, it withered away since it lacked moisture. Other seed fell among thorns. The thorns grew up with it and choked it. Still another seed fell on good ground. When it grew up, it produced fruit, a hundred times what was sown. As he said this, he called out, let anyone who has ears to hear listen. Thanks so much for joining the podcast this week. We're starting off May, the beautiful month of May. You know, I think of the months, both May and October stand out for me every single year, just for nostalgic reasons, being from Michigan, the terrain, the aesthetics of of of, of Michigan are beautiful in, in that month and, and things are growing, you know, you don't have the um clouded skies, the overcast, you've got um, you know, some sun poking out, some warmth happening. But I just think of growth. I think of a time of of planting. You know, I even recently planted my indoor plants and about to start working on my outdoor things. It's just a time of re regenerating and, and growing. And this parable of Jesus is just such a great remembrance for not just the outward things that I'm growing and and focusing on and the beauty of the of the of the trees growing and the flowers blooming but what about inside of my heart right what about your heart when do we take an assessment a temperature check every so often really we need to do it every day of how is my heart doing what what stuff needs to to die that's that's weeds what what things do i need to do to nurture this this soil what what is my part in and how much of of my life am i surrendering so these are just all things that i just think of as i'm thinking of growth and being planted so as we enter this month last month we talked through the month of april through thriving in the thorns restoring hope and faith for women a 40 day journal that um I wrote and just really a resource for your time with the Lord in the, in his word at his feet a time of going deeper and just really wanting this anchor into into God and and just going into his word and dissecting it and applying it and I want that to continue and and I don't know I don't know where where you're at, but for me, 
I feel like April, like I can look at my planner and I know April happened 100%. I know it happened. I, you know, definitely have some highlight points. And again, I can look at my planner, but the no, no, you know, of of emphasis, I got to say it twice, but the no, no of what happened, I just feel like it just, I, it came and it's gone. And it was a small, just window of conviction, loving conviction that I received because being present is something I have to really be intentional about. And I sometimes go from one thing to the next thing, or I'm so into that thing that I'm forgetting I'm forgetting why I'm in that thing. And then once it's done, I'm just looking at what I've done and not, oh God, this is why you've allowed me to experience this, right? So as I'm thinking about April, I mean, it's like, it's come, it's gone. And I really was left with, Brittany, you need to dwell. Dwell and dwell. You know, it's like how how David talks about dwelling in the house of the Lord. And that was just what he sought after. That that was his his heart's joy, you know, just almost like a palpitation of the heart when you're excited about something. You know, you're just like really looking forward to this weekend or this trip or this marriage or this baby coming, you name the milestone, you're looking forward to it. Well, he was looking forward to dwelling in the house of the Lord. And I don't know, maybe you're just super spiritual, but that's, that's not my number one. If, if I'm being fully transparent and why isn't it? So as I'm really wanting to slow down this month, I want to focus on prayer and just dwelling with God because even in my prayer time, I spent it more with requests with God, which is, you know, God, it's not that we can't bring our prayer requests to God, but when do I dwell? When do I sit with him? When do I just, you know, want to spend time with him in just a relationship with him? So um, at the uh, on the blog courageousradiance.com there is a May prayer calendar. I would love for you to grab it. Join me in this in this quest, friend. Join me. Let's dwell with the Lord. So the courageous radiance is really all about your anchoring. I am excited, so excited about you getting anchored with God, being in his word, in his presence. Because that to me is the secret sauce to be able to thrive no matter the season. Even in very difficult pits and lows, you don't lose hope, right? You have this hope because your hope is set into something that is fixed, it's eternal, and it's Jesus. So praying, dwelling, let's do it together. I just feel that there's no there there's so many great things that are going to come from our fixation of Jesus and our lives sitting directly at his feet. So I read this parable and you know each week I really want to talk about some courageous woman who lived a life who dwelled with the Lord. Now, I don't know her personally, right? I don't, you know, the ins and outs about her. I just know what the Bible says. And 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 with a lot of um, people in the Bible, not just women, but especially women, sometimes they they were like a one-liner, <laughs> you know? They, and it's, it's crazy to think that, you know, we live our long lives, all, all of our decades of lives, and you may get like one line or a couple lines in, in 
at that time. So this woman, I've talked about her on the podcast, but I wanted to talk for this first week, I really wanted to just talk about Jehoshaba, um, Jehoshabeth, but um, her life is found, well, the account of it, the brief snippet of it is in Second Kings 11 or Second Chronicles 22. She was the wife of this priest, Jehoiada. Uh, she was a daughter um, of the king and, and her brother, um, Azariah, he uh, died and his mother was trying to annihilate the whole family so she could be queen. But the reason I just wanted to highlight her was just her courageous faith. And that's what I talked about before on the podcast, but specifically how, how did she become this courageous person? Where did that come from? And in Proverbs 31, 30, it, it talks about these things that look like they're great things like charm or beauty. And, you know, these things, they come, they go, right? Stuff ain't hanging the same way. You got to work out like a billion hours now, drink a whole two gallons of water, right? You got to do things that you didn't have to do in your 20s and 30s when you get to 40s and 50s and beyond. So that stuff comes and it goes, um, or God forbid, unfortunately, if there's an illness or some type of health crisis that changes, um, you know, those temporary, those fleeting things is what that verse says um, that come and they go. But here's what's resilient. Here's what's fireproof. Here's what's not going to burn up. That woman who fears the Lord. She's the one who it says is to be praised you know, so when I think of this life of Jehoshaba, Jehoshabeth, yeah, she came and gone, super snippet of her life. We didn't know, know her. But what we did know is she lived a life that was resilient. And, and why? Because she feared the Lord. And that's what I want. I want us as, you know, courageously radiant women. I want us to be women who, like David, are truly after um. God's heart. So it's almost like we're going to be women after God's heart. So it says David was a man after God's heart. We're going to be women who are after God's heart. How about that? Let's be, let's be that. Let's do that. And that account is in first Samuel 13, 14. So this parable though, you know, Jesus talked in parables a lot and I love, I don't know which disciple, actually it says disciples. So multiple of them in verse nine must've been like, Jesus, so say what? Say what now? What? I, I'm, I don't understand. They were like, what does this, what does this parable mean? So he, he starts in verse 11. He says, this is uh, still Luke eight, but verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. He's like, listen, let me just be very frank with y'all. <laughs> and that's what I love. Like be just super cut and dry. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. The seed along the path, the path, the seed along the path are those who have heard and then the devil, who is your enemy? He's all of our enemies. The devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So that's really what's on the line here, you know, and and if you're saved, devil can't take that away. Your, your soul is with Jesus, but or your spirit's with Jesus. But man, he will render you fruitless here on earth because, yeah, he wish he could have 
removed salvation, you know, not made that an option, but it's really still a B plus, like beyond passing for him to just completely wreck your life. And um, so you're fruitless, not doing anything in the kingdom, not doing what you're made for, you know, and 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 not walking in faith. So uh, just to continue on, starting again, verse 13. And the seed on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. Having no root, these believe for a while and fall away in a time of testing. As for the seed that fell among thorns, these are the ones who, when they have heard, go on their way and are choked with worries, riches, and pleasures of life and produce no mature fruit. But the seed in the good ground, these are the ones who have heard the word with an honest and good heart, hold on to it, and by enduring, produce fruit. Obviously, I think it goes without saying which one we should aspire to be, which is the one on good ground, the one on good soil. But how well is that going for you? I mean, just honestly. So two questions, and and this is really for your time with the Lord. Which ground do you associate with? Which one? And I think that while I would love to be like, I'm the good ground, I'm the good soil, um, I am frequently, frequently too frequently. Well, I would say it goes in waves. I would say it goes in waves where I get, as it says, choked with worries, riches, riches, and pleasures of life. And I think that the enemy, it's almost like if, if the enemy can't stop you, he'll just busy you. And when I'm thinking of and it'll be like for good things too. It's not like I'm over here like in the club. So I mean like busy me with my children, with the things that my children does, with even um, things with my marriage, with, I mean, good things, trying to manage my home, help others or work, etc. I mean, from my vantage point, I'm like, I mean, I'm not doing anything bad. I'm not doing, you know, like we start ranking, but I'm still filled with the cares of this world. Because guess what? On my deathbed, I'm a nurse. And I think about, man, I I have yet to have heard, you know, in, in all of the years that I've been a nurse, Anybody that is like, oh my goodness, I did not go to the post office today, or I didn't get to um, to do that that exercise. And it's not that these things, we don't need to take care of them in our earthly life, but at the end of the day, I feel like I'm busy in my life. I don't know where if you can identify with this. And and maybe there's there's levels of it, or maybe you don't even identify with that one. But for me, it's definitely the busyness. It's definitely being concerned about securing my family, securing my kids and their future. We have a special needs child. Our youngest is special needs. And I get busy with that, with all of his lots of hours. He has a lot of hours of therapies on top of going to school. He literally has like adult work hours. Once you add all of his therapies and his school, really beyond that, and that busy. So, but again, good things, right? But, um, and I don't necessarily think that 
that God is saying not to do these things, but it goes back to Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God, because sometimes the enemy doesn't necessarily come with his big, you know, picket fork and, and wearing that, you know, if you think about Halloween, like the devil costume with the, with the, with the red, um, horns. And so he's not just over here looking like a scary person. And the Bible says that the, that Satan clothes, he masquerades and clothes himself as, as a, as an angel of light. So sometimes it's not just this big flagrant wrong, but what is being clothed and magnet pulling me away from spending time with God in his word, at his feet, dwelling in prayer. And sometimes it's just this overwhelming sense to follow here, do this now, do a cartwheel, get on this hamster wheel. You need a following, you need a platform, you need, and you need, and you need, and you need. And it's just like, uh, it's overwhelming. And I just get so distracted. So I really identify, if I'm being honest, with that seed that fell amongst the thorns. Just again, 100% transparent. That is the one that um, I waver, I struggle, is to make sure that these things are not becoming idols. And what I want to flip to um, briefly is just in, in John and it's chapter 12 and specifically verse, um, 25, but, but really 23 through 26 would be good for you to read in your own time. So I'm reading, I've been reading since the end of last year, um, the book of John and I'm just, it's just so good. I don't, I'm just, it's, it's been amazing. I, I just love it. But, but, uh, John 12, 25, and it says, the one who loves his life will lose it. This is Jesus talking. So in just context here, because remember context is everything. He's setting up his disciples. He's preparing them as a good teacher does. You know, you think about like, I'm not a teacher, but my best friend is, is was, and well, she's principal now. But you know how you create lesson plans, especially if you're going to be gone for some time and have a sub, you know, you're preparing. So he's like, listen, y'all, I'm about to die. You know, I'm about to roll out. And so he's preparing them for his soon to be crucifixion. And um, he he compares himself to this grain of wheat that um, and that's where it's um, verse 24. But it's going to go on to produce more, much fruit. Um, which is those who believe and follow him. So picking up in verse 25, the one who loves his life will lose it. And the one who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me where I am. There my servant also will be. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. So I'm working to maintain and sustain and thrive and do all of these things with this life that Jesus is like, actually, you need to lay it down. Actually, you need to stop trying to, you know, thrive in your strength or thrive in the ways that you feel that you need to thrive. And actually, you need to surrender. You need to open your hand and let go. So the first question I asked was, which ground do you associate with in this parable that Jesus talks about? Which heart 
soil are you cultivating? Second question is, what in your life are you are you truly hanging on to? Like friend, like what are you not letting go of? Like where is Jesus like you've got to die to this all day every day and then, you know, some days will be great days and it's just like slip and slide, roller skating. Other days it'll struggle, but you get through. But isn't that the cost? I mean, I don't I've I have not ran a marathon, but my younger sister did. And I just think of all that she had to sacrifice in that preparation for months that she had to run it and just all the great joy that she had in completing it. Um, but it was a cost. So, I mean, this is a cost. This is not like free, you know, free 99. This is not free. So this is going to cost you. I don't know what it's going to cost you. I think for everybody it costs you something. But man, even going back to this woman of the week, I'm focusing on Jehoshaphat. It cost her for you know six, almost seven years that she was raising her nephew, and from you know from death basically until she until he was old and old enough that he can come out of hiding with her husband. Johida. And I just think about, man, I wonder what was going on in her life that at some point she had to say, I got to put this aside. I got to put this dream aside. I got to put it on hold. I mean, anybody raising their hand right there or, oh, I wasn't expecting this situation, raising your hand there, parenting, um, health crises, work, marriage, what's catching you off guard. And instead of just saying, why God, why how is this happening to me? Why now? This is so difficult. It is all of that, but now maybe a reframing of God. I know that you're Lord of my life and I know that there is a cost in following and remaining connected to you. This circumstance is like taking me out. I need to surrender because I want you to be Lord. So where I struggle is that I don't, um, I have to be constantly dying in certain areas, metaphorically, obviously, because I know that if Jesus is not the Lord of that area, I take it over and I start drifting and I start drifting into anxiety and worry and fear and all of the things and my control. And then I'm barking at my family because I'm angry and I'm just short tempered, et cetera. Instead of Jesus is like, if you would just let me be Lord of that, I'm Lord of these other eight areas. Why you got these two is if you gonna really do something in your own strength. So two questions again, just recap, which ground do you associate with? And then what in your life? What? I mean, just this is going to take lots of prayer. And the Holy Spirit is not um, not shy <laughs> in letting you know that um, answer if you ask him. You know, I, I regularly ask, unfortunately, because I, I have to do some heart assessment, but I regularly ask God, is what what is what is becoming an idol or what is it that you're trying to move out of my life? What What is it that I'm avoiding doing that you're telling me to start doing? And um, these are good rhythms and you don't have to necessarily ask those questions, but what are you hanging on to, friend? Because, I mean, Jesus himself had to lay down his life and he's God, right? But he laid down his life for us and there's something that you have to die to. And in that death, in that breaking of your will, man, it's going to be something even greater. 
on the other side that's going to live through that. And that that's a courageous process. And But through that, man, radiates so much peace and love and joy. I mean, I just think about all the fruits of the spirit that's going to come from that process. So I hope that this has been helpful. I mean, it's, it's, it's not something that is like, yay, I'm this soil, but, um, you know, Andrew Murray, I've, I'm actually reading another book of his, um, really great pastor from the 1800s, but I'm going to read this quote. Um, let it be your business every day. Let it be your business in every day in the secrecy of the inner chamber to meet the holy God, you will be repaid for the trouble it may cost you. The reward will be sure and rich. So make it your business every day, every day. I mean, it's going to cost you, but I mean, for what it costs you to spend time with the Holy of Holy, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lord. I mean, that's like a commercial break on Netflix, right? I mean, I will binge watch uh, Downton Abbey. But man, to lay down my life or to spend time with the one who's going to actually give me more sustaining power and might and 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 just um, fill me with him so that I can do more and greater, it costs. And honestly, the greatest cost is just me being willing to follow. So I hope that you have a great week ahead and that this has been a blessing to you, head to the blog, CourageousRadiance.com. Grab that prayer crown there for May. I would love for you to dwell with me, pray with me each and every day as we are truly just surrendering our lives to the Lord.